0: Welcome to Ag Matters, covering the positive agriculture stories from across Alaska. Welcome, friends. This is your host, Cody Buse for Ag Matters Radio. Today, we have Tandy on the line out there in Big Lake with Common Ground, Alaska. Welcome back to the program.
1: Thanks for having me, Cody. I appreciate it.
0: It's always fun to talk to you. We always have some really fun and exciting things going on, but how's your winter been going?
1: It's been actually going really well, but I'm ready for spring.
0: <laughs> Me too, about this time of year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank heavens for seed catalogs, right? They give us hope.
0: Yep, that's true. I, I put in my first big order and I'm sure I'm not done yet.
1: <laughs> I don't think we're ever done think that that's the
0: nature of the thing <laughs> yeah you know like a lot of farmers I'm always I'm always trying to experiment with something new I try not to invest a whole lot into something new until I feel like it's proven whether that's a a new tool or or a variety of fruit or vegetable or anything else but I'm excited about some of the, my flowers this year hopefully they'll they'll be what I I hope they are
1: well I hope it works out for you I hope we have a, a little more consistent weather this year
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. I guess I I get excited about starting them off, and then I hope they do well at folks' homes with the the hanging baskets. So I always like to hear back from people and get pictures and feedback of the good, the bad, and the ugly, because I don't always get to see them to the final product at the end of the year.
1: Oh, yes, of course, to see when when something that you've made works out, huh?
0: Yeah, and make sure that, you know, I've even had some petunias that I didn't quite like, because by midsummer, they just weren't looking super good. So it's always nice to know, you know, if it has longevity to really look nice throughout the year.
1: For sure, for sure.
0: Well, for folks who haven't been on the on heard you on the program before, let's just do a, a small reca- recap of Common Ground Alaska and get into some of the new stuff later.
1: Okay, all right. So Common Ground Alaska is a U Pick farm and nursery. We're located in Big Lake. We started out about ten years ago or so as a CSA because we planted you know, half an acre of garden. <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't use, you know, 300 foot rows of kale. So I had to find something to do with all of it. So we started a little miniature CSA and that seemed to do pretty well. And we're originally from Oregon. Over 20 years ago, we, we were in Oregon and Gene was a farmer there. So he kind of brought his his love for farming up here and we started planting things. We planted trees, started planting apple trees and then some honeyberries and Saskatoon's and currants and strawberries, and we just kind of started experimenting with it. And Gene, Gene is kind of the, he's the, he's the green thumb of the, of the farm. And, and he just really enjoyed, like you were talking about experimenting with things. And, you know, we learned a lot, we made some really expensive mistakes, but, but in the end we have this gorgeous orchard and we get to have people come out and pick and we sell nursery stocks. Um, we're kind of, kind of have the corner of the market so far. We, I, I believe we're the only commercial growers in the state who grow cantaloupe. So that brings a lot of people out. We have people, you know, coming from drive all the way out from Anchorage for. For some Alaska-grown cantaloupe, so that's kind of that's a lot of fun.
0: Yes, for sure. And uh, I recently just returned from a a trip on the Big Island in Hawaii, and you know I was just amazed at all the different types of fruit and things that they can grow there. But you you can't count us out really. There's there's a lot of berries that people aren't even familiar with, or varieties of things that we can grow here. We're not we're not as bad off as sometimes we think.
1: Oh, I totally agree. There are some pretty amazing things that that are actually really hardy up here, honeyberries being a, a big one. And a lot of people haven't heard of honeyberries. And when you haven't heard of it, sometimes, you know, it just doesn't have the draw, but, but they're such a great berry and they're, they're, I don't remember all the statistics now, but they're, they're crazy healthy. They're higher in antioxidants than blueberries. And I can't, I can't remember everything, but, but they're, they're just a great berry to have. And they're, the silly things are so cold hardy when the before the ground is even completely thawed when it's still all mushy and you know there's that crust of ice you know what a foot down or whatever those silly things are blooming they <laughs> they just it's like they thrive here so so i guess if there's anyone listening who is nervous to start a garden but wants something that's ultra hardy i would say start with a honeyberry
0: yeah i would i would agree last year was What's funny is I've been interested in, in those for years, but last year was the first year that I think I had one of the berries, you know, a handful of the berries that were absolutely ripe from some of some of our plants, actually over at the at Palmer High School.
1: Ah, and they're so good. You, they take a minute longer than you think to ripen. You you might go out there and the berries purple and you think, but it's until it comes off the plant freely, it'll make you pucker. And it's not completely right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and I had only had that experience before because I think I just was excited and, and tried it. But yeah. And, and, the, and the thing about being cold hardy is my confession today is that we had several that were in pots that did not get planted as they should. And yeah, they got a little bit of snow cover. But being Palmer, what it is, the, a lot of the times the wind blew it off. And anyway, they survived in the pots. I don't recommend it but just above ground in the pots, and they they survived some pretty nasty conditions, so I was impressed.
1: They're incredible plants, for sure.
0: Yeah, so, well, folks, if you're just joining us, this is your host, Cody Buse, for Ag Matters Radio. I have Tandy on the line from Common Ground, Alaska, out there in Big Lake. Today, I was talking with some students, actually, about, you know, the plant hardy perennials and plant hardiness. And we were talking about snow cover. Do you find that in Big Lake without, I'm sure you guys get your share of wind, but maybe not the nasty Palmer wind. Do you find that snow cover is helpful for you guys? Sometimes it can be a negative because it gives a platform for voles and mice to get higher up on the plant. I've noticed sometimes, but
1: yes, you're exactly right. I think it, it doesn't matter where you live. There's advantages and disadvantages
0: to all of it. <laughs>
1: We really don't have the wind that you have in Palmer. As a matter of fact, in the winter sometimes I'll it'll be decently warm here, so I'll just wear, you know, a sweatshirt or whatever and head into Wasilla and just, you know, not bring a coat and the dumbest thing. <laughs>
0: <that> <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so you're right. We don't typically have the wind, so we do get plenty of snow cover, but then, you know, like you said, there's the opposite effect. We get a lot more snow than, than or maybe it all blows this way, I don't know, but we end up with a lot deeper snowpack than Than in Wasilla and Palmer, so there's you know trials to that. When the snow gets up too high, we worry that the moose will be able to get over the fence Mm -hmm. and into the orchard. And there is a vole issue right now. What we're doing is we're going out in snowshoes and we're kind of tamping down around all of the all of the plants out there. At least the apple trees. We're making sure we're getting the apple trees done and. And going out there and by hand, kind of digging out those little little apple trees to keep the voles away, because you can't you can only put the the guards up so high and Mm -hmm. and it. But what's neat about that, though, I really enjoy getting to go out there and do it, and it's a lot of work. But getting to spend for one thing, getting to spend time out in the orchard kind of gives the sense of hope that oh man, you know, spring is coming, and it gives us the opportunity to be out there. But also, we're kind of able to get a pretty good finger on our pulse of what's going on in the farm, even in the middle of winter, which I haven't been great about in the past. So I'm really enjoying going out there and, and it's kind of rewarding to see, you know, to dig this little plant, you know, this little, you know, tree out that's, you know, young and know that now it's safe from, from whatever critters might want to get to it. And, and to see that, you know, so far, so far everywhere I've dug, the voles have not done any damage. So that's been, you know, that's been, you know, we don't have to wait till, everything's melted to find all that out so so I it, it gives us an opportunity to get outside get in the orchard get some exercise so so that's the positive side but yeah we do have we do have an issue with voles and yeah they're they're kind of a bummer
0: yeah but but you're right everywhere has its advantages and disadvantages and you just kind of have to work with those yeah if you if i ever have good answers for anything i'm usually surprised by something that'll prove me wrong so including the wind it blew off a lot of our tree protectors that thought we kind of had secure so we went back out there and and fixed those but yeah something new all the time
1: so true so true and we don't want to stop learning anyway so that's okay
0: yeah well, it's always a good excuse to get outside and, like you say, just kind of get the pulse of even nature because kind of revives me and, and reminds me, yeah, winter is a season to also enjoy. Sometimes I get a little too busy in work and forget that there's beauty in every season.
1: It's so true, and I'm just amazed. When I when I was out there digging last time, I have to kind of dig by hand the little trees, and just to think that every single, like I'm picking up like handfuls of snow and thinking every single handful of snow is just a bunch of little flakes and they they make those all those little flakes together make a big impact that I, I have thought about that quite a bit we we can we can be the same way when we build communities we can build communities that are strong and and resilient and it's just just a bunch of us flakes together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. And I, I always remind my students though, that snow is, can, it, for nature, that's a lot of the nitrogen that they'll receive at all, you know, that, that's a big influx. When that starts to melt, that really is what brings on our green flushes. Hopefully there's trapped nitrogen in, the, in that snow to kind of give us life.
1: Yeah, good stuff, huh? See, there's in, there's there's positives to everything.
0: <laughs> I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about your classes that you guys are having out there.
1: Oh man, we're so excited about these! So we had had the idea for a while. Um, I I, just, I love community building. I love connecting people, and in on the U Pick Farm, we're asked so many questions. And, and of course it's a, it's fun answering them, but I think, I always think, man, if people who are interested in these things could get together, then we could really learn a lot, you know, collectively. And the other thing is I've had the opportunity with the farm just to meet some incredible people who, uh, you know, it's just, you know, you, you think, well, we keep bees, we know enough, but then you talk to someone like a, a, a what I would call a true beekeeper you know, an old timer and they just know things, you know, that, that us as little hobby beekeepers just don't know. And so, so that was kind of where the idea for the classes sparked. It was, it was kind of to do a service for our customers who, you know, were asking, who were interested in learning more, but weren't sure where to start or who to ask or whatever. So, so we are kicking off our our winter series of homestead classes and that's kicking off on Sunday and I have the opportunity to teach the first class which I'm crazy excited about it's called winter store and it's kind of it's gonna be kind of a it's, it's a total' individualized learning time where whether you live, you know, in a, in a condo with just a small balcony in Anchorage. I just was talking to someone earlier today. That's exactly where she was she, she actually has a small yard, but she wants to grow a few things, just a few things on their own. She, you know, she wants to start just learning to do that. So whether you're wanting to just grow a few things and kind of supplement your pantry and your freezer with some things or if you're wanting to you know go to the grocery store just once a month and you know buy just some some essentials that you know it's, it's gonna kind of run the gamut um we're kind of we're kind of in the middle headed you know we're headed towards growing most of our own food and and I actually was raised i've lived off grid three times and I was kind of raised to live this lifestyle so I didn't enjoy it near as much as a teenager as I am now <laughs> i <laughs> But, but just using, you know, the wisdom from my grandmother. I'm one of those, you know, kids that talks about snapping beans on granny's porch. And but using some of the some of the wisdom from my granny and from my mom and, you know, from my my people that kind of poured into me. I, you know, I'm able to kind of pour into others who are also interested in learning how to grow some of their own things and and put them by. And like I said, it doesn't have to be. You want to grow all of your own food and never, you know, never step foot at three in three bears. I, I don't, I don't know how feasible that is, but. But we can do a lot more of that, I think, than we think we can. So it just requires some planning and a little bit of know how, and that's what we're going to talk about in that first class.
0: Awesome. Are you going to be talking about preservation at some point? Is that part of that series or a part of that first one? Or it sounded mostly like you know, kind of how to plan and, and really get into it at, at first.
1: So, yeah, this class is more about planning. We will talk about preservation, and I'll talk about the methods that we use, I don't have any big fancy equipment. I don't have a freeze dryer or anything. It would be nice to have one for sure, but we're just going to kind of talk about, we're going to try to keep it pretty simple, but we definitely in the fall then, so we've got our winter series, our summer series and our fall series and late summer or early fall, we'll definitely start talking about preservation. We're going to have, you know, some classes on canning and we're going to do some things with dehydrating and, and just lots of different, we're going to do some meat preservation stuff. Um, we're going to dig into some pretty fun stuff, but this first class is, is really just, it's not going to be a master class on any forms of preservation, but it will be talking about, because you have to plan ahead. You can't, you can't in July decide, oh gosh, I really want to fill, you know, I, I want to provide all of my own vegetables for the year, unless you want to buy them all, which some people do. And that's mm-hmm. okay, you know, you can go out to bushes, bunches in different places and or not, yeah, bushes, bunches, but let's put pyrus. Um, and pick stuff, and that's awesome, too. If you can't grow your own, you, you know, it's amazing that we have these opportunities for You Pick Veggies. But but for most people, it's, you know, kind of growing some, supplementing with what you can source locally. So that's more what we're going to be talking about as in that first class.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. Folks, if you're just joining us, this is your host, Cody Buse for Ag Matters Radio. I've got Tandy on the line from Common Ground, Alaska. We're currently talking about their, their homestead series of classes, the winter classes, correct? yep well, awesome. We just went through the first one. which sounds terrific. Uh, I forgot to ask, is are these like a hybrid class like in person and what what form are they taking?
1: Well, that's kind of exciting we We have someone who is coming in and he's gonna be recording these classes so if you want to come and join us live, they're at the Big Lake Lions Club in Big Lake. But if you want to watch, you know, snuggle up on your couch with a blanket and your computer and a cup of coffee, that's fine, too. You can watch it live online. And then also, if you purchase a ticket, then it takes about two or three weeks for it for editing to finish. We have an editor to, who's going to edit them, and then we'll, we'll have the classes available for purchase on our website, too. But if you've already purchased the class, then you'll just have access to it. So you'll get the you'll get the recording as well. So
0: Fantastic. So I'm excited to hear the rest of this series.
1: All right. Well, next is going to be Poultry 101 and this is all things having to do with poultry. So it's it's whether you're wanting to raise poultry for meat or for eggs. We're going to we're going to dig in pretty deep on that and the Angela Walker, the owner of Chickapalooza, um Wascola, is the one who's actually teaching that class and she's co teaching with Kaylee Bowen. She's a Valley poultry farmer and realtor. I'm not sure where she's located, but she's here in the Valley. So they're gonna teach it together and they're gonna talk about like how do you know how many chicks to get, how to be ready for them, and then talking about your coop, what different types of feeds and supplements, things to watch for, you know basic chicken care, or not just chicken, poultry, basic poultry care. So they'll be covering, you know, chickens, geese, ducks, turkeys. So that one ought to be really fun. And, you know, I, I call that, you know, insurance against the the, the next egg shortage. <laughs> <laughs> so learn to grow your own. So that it would be our next class. And then the, the class after that is Alaska Beekeeping. Um, and that one's kind of exciting. It's actually a five-hour masterclass on beekeeping, and it's taught by Alex King from Royal Alaskan Honey. You will kind of, We'll learn all the things. He's going to bring a bunch of stuff for us to, to look at, and and he's going to talk about all different parts about you know what to expect, how to how to order your bees, what to expect when you get them, how to know if there's an issue with your hive, what to do if they swarm, preparing for the winter, what equipment you actually need, and and I appreciate when people talk about. You know, it seems like when you get it, when you take on a new hobby, whether it's, you know, raising chickens or, or bees or whatever, it seems like there's always a lot of things that peop- that you think you need.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I appreciate, you know, that Alex is going to talk about, okay, what do you really need? And, you know, so you don't throw a bunch of money at a, at a hobby that, that, that you may or may not enjoy. So I I think it's going to be, and his is a master class, so you'll walk away really having a firm grasp on how to, you know, raise bees for honey. So I think that's going to be a great one. And then we have Carol Thomas, who is a certified master herbalist, is coming in to teach a class on, um, it's called Grow Your Own Apothecary, and it's really a class on herbalism. And she's going to talk about what plants you can plant, even even if you just have a small area, what are some plants that you can grow in a season that will have some medicinal value that you can, you know. And she's just going to talk about how to make your own poultries and, or I mean, poultices, sorry, and salves and teas and infusions and tinctures and all that kind of thing. So that one's going to be pretty fun. And then the last winter class is an intro to permaculture, and Trifana Witt from Alaska Traditional Preservation is going to teach that. And she is such a who she's she's gonna. My understanding is everyone is going to make their own tiny little culture garden in a pot and learn all the different aspects of that and all the different pieces of permaculture. And and you know what I and one thing I really like about this class is that. It's really easy to read books from the lower 48 and they make things really simple, but to apply those principles up here don't work. And she is an Alaskan and she is applying these permaculture practices to her Alaska homestead. So it's, it's kind of nice to have someone who will say, you know, certain, certain just ways of going about things maybe just aren't, aren't real effective up here. So I'm excited about her class. And then we do have, the opportunity for, to buy, um, an all access pass for the winter. And I, that's really cool because you actually get, if you buy it, you actually get my class for free. So, so it's only $200 and you can attend all five classes and that's to attend them in person or online, or even just watch them later. So that's kind of a seal of a deal, I think. And, so we would invite people to, to do that if they're really interested in, in getting into some sort of homesteading.
0: Yeah, I can tell you what, I've signed up for workshops that are just one, you know, that were more expensive than that. So that's a terrific deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was part of what we were trying to do is, you know, there's that fine balance. We want to make sure that we pay our teachers because I think that it's important to support local businesses. And, I, you know, I... And, they give so much information for free. I think it's important that we pay, you know, we pay them, but also to keep it affordable. So, so we we're trying to find that balance. So our classes are usually, depending on what we have for supplies, you know, the classes range from I think the cheap, the least expensive one is forty, and the most expensive one is sixty. So we try to keep them, we try to keep them really affordable.
0: Terrific! And I mean, your guys' website is probably the best place to find that. And where where can people find out more information? Yep.
1: So either we have we're pretty active on social media so you can mm-hmm. find us at Common ground Alaska and you can find us either on Facebook or Instagram and then our access, or our, our website is commongroundalaska.com.
0: Awesome. well I'm super inspired and excited about the classes you guys are offering We've got about a minute left so it's always fun to ask is there any parting words of wisdom or something exciting you're saying coming down this growing season that you want to share with us
1: yeah. Just do it. Don't listen to the naysayers who say you can't do this or you can't do that because my husband was told you can't grow melons in Alaska and he grows them commercially in our greenhouse now. We grow hundreds of cantaloupe in our greenhouse and if you enjoy something, then I say go for it and figure out a way to make it work.
0: I love it. Awesome words of wisdom from you. And I remember the last time you were on the show, you you said just get started and and start small and just go for it. So let's we'll combine those two pieces of advice and we'll make it happen this growing season.
1: Awesome, I love it, Cody. Thanks so much for having us.
0: Thank you. It's awesome to have you pro- on the program as always. Thanks for what you guys do out there and sharing your your knowledge of Alaskan agriculture and your passion for for community.
1: Uh, we love it. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks. Bye bye been listening to Ag Matters, covering positive agriculture stories from across Alaska. Ag Matters is a production of Radio Free Palmer, recorded at our studios in Palmer, Alaska. For more information about this program, email manager at radiofreepalmer.org.